Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's edition of Everyday Truth. We're going to try to finish our little letter to the church at Smyrna. What a great church. What a fantastic example uh, for you and me to consider when it comes to faithfulness during times of struggle. You know, the Bible says that one of the reasons why these human stories, these human interest stories are included in the Word of God is that you and I might have hope, that you and I might see ourselves in the example of these Old Testament characters, both good and bad, so that in bad choices, we would learn from them and not make the same mistake, so that in good choices, we can see the benefit of being faithful to the Lord. I like what James said in James chapter 5, take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the, Lord, of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So the point is, as we consider the story of these Old Testament saints, we see the beginning the middle and the end, and even these New Testament saints, like the church here at Smyrna, and we see the beginning and the middle and the end, it helps us because we're all in the middle of our suffering. We're in the middle of our lives. Uh, We don't have the end written yet. So let's learn from these who are faithful to the Lord. Look, if you would, at Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 11, as we kind of finish up the uh, the, the letter to Smyrna, the Bible says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So remember what I said uh, back a few episodes ago about the church of, of Ephesus, that although the letter was written to the church itself, the purpose of writing to that one church was that many churches would benefit from its message. So he that hath an ear, Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, plural. So the way that God speaks to one, yes, he's speaking to Smyrna, but he's speaking for all of us, for the benefit of all of us. And we find that throughout, well, I just talked about that, that as God speaks to this one or to that one, we all can learn from it. Remember uh, back in school when the teacher would maybe get on one kid for teaching in class, uh, teaching in class, it's, it's been a long night, for talking in class, and, and maybe you were also whispering, maybe you were also passing notes, I'm dating myself, right? Uh, and when that teacher spoke to that one, you, you knew, oh, I need to be careful, he's also speaking to me. Or, or maybe when you're driving down the interstate and you see uh, a police officer with the lights on pulling somebody over, you're thinking, oh, no, I'm speeding. I'm going to get pulled over. You're already thinking about getting out your license and your registration. And then that police officer zips right by you and pulls over somebody else. What does that do? Well, first of all, it causes you to, causes you to say, oh, thank you, Lord. 
But the second thing it does is it makes you slow down too, doesn't it? Because you saw, wow, that could have happened to me. Although that was a message to them, it was a message for me. And here in the, the book, it, it, here in the letter to Smyrna, it's a message to them, but it's a message for me and for you. So he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church is. Why? Because we all suffer a measure of persecution. We all go through times of trial. We all are the subject of satanic attack. We all have gone through religious and perhaps political and economic persecution. And we can learn the same lessons that the church at Smyrna learned. So listen, listen, don't just hear the Bible academically. Don't just memorize the Bible in a rote way, but apply it to your heart and to your life. That's what uh, the Bible injunction is here in verse number 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Then the Bible says this in verse 11, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. So when the Bible talks about death, the Bible talks about death in a couple different ways. Obviously, when we think about death, we typically think about physical death. We think about going to the funeral home or going to somebody's graveside. We think about somebody taking their last breath and dying, transferring from this life to the next, uh, death. But the Bible says here there is a second death. And the Bible actually is going to define it for us right here in this very book. Well, the Bible says that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, this is the second death. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14. So the second death is the eternal lake of fire. The second death is eternal separation from God. And the Bible says that unless we overcome, we are going to be part of that second death. Uh, having died physically, we will live in death permanently. I know that's a kind of an oxymoron, but it's true. The second death, eternal conscious punishment. That's an awful thought. And yet it's a biblical thought and we need to look at it squarely in the face. So the Bible says, he that overcometh shall not be hurt by the second death. Why would Jesus say this to the church at, at Smyrna? Why well, I think he's saying it as an encouragement because he just told them, hey, you're going to suffer even in the future and you might even die a martyr's death. That, that's hard to hear. It's hard to hear from the Lord Jesus, hey, things might not get better. Things probably won't get better. You might even die a martyr's death. I mean, who wants to hear that? And yet, what does Jesus also do in his letter to the people of Smyrna? He, he says, but there is a perspective that you need, you need to have. You think you're poor, but you're really rich. You think you're hurting, but you're really eternally safe. And if you have put your faith and trust in me, that's what overcoming is. Who is he that overcometh? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we are overcomers. We over. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So as we put our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then we have hope 
that we will not endure the second death, but that we will live in eternal life. So what is Jesus doing here? He is encouraging the church at Smyrna to say, I know that there's hurt in this lifetime. I know that death will come. It will come to all. I know that the death that you suffer might be painful and premature by earthly standards, but you will not be hurt by the second death. There will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more separation, no more misunderstanding, none of it. All the former things will be passed away. You will have overcome. Uh, Your faith will have become sight. You will enjoy that paradise forever with me. Wow, what a wonderful promise. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying an eternal perspective will help you immensely in today's trial. It will help you to think about the future, to think about the coming of Christ. We're going to talk about that throughout this book, to think about the reality of heaven, to think about what God has saved us from. These are perspective checks that God wants each and every one of us to have. Why? Because they're going to help us in our everyday life. You know, God never tells us things about the future just to satisfy our curiosity. He never does that. It's not just that God says, hey, this might be cool to know. Uh, This is going to happen and that's going to happen. And this is going to be what happens in heaven. And that's what happened. No, the reason why the Lord kind of peels back the, uh, the, the horizon a bit about our future and shows us little snippets about our future is so that we will have confidence in our presence, in our present life, that we'll live holy lives today. So eschatology, the study of future things, really ought to be the solidifying of present things and present decisions and present priorities in my life today. So not only is it an encouragement, but it's an incentive to live for God every day. Now look at verse number 12. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, yes. Verse number 12, as we begin a brand new letter. So I know we're kind of halfway through our, our podcast for today, but for sake of time, we won't finish this next letter, but let's at least get started. So Revelation chapter two and verse 12, and to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. So, Uh, The Lord now writes this next church, Pergamos. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Pergamos next episode, but I just want you to notice one thing today, and that's where Jesus says, these things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. You know, one of the most comforting things about the, the message of the word of God, the message from Jesus to the local church is that it is a message that has power. And when the Bible describes the Word of God, it describes it in many different metaphors. The Word of God, for instance, sometimes is is called light. Uh, The Word of God sometimes is, is referenced as food or milk or meat. 
But to me, my favorite metaphor for the Word of God is the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. In other words, any other two-edged sword. Because the Bible itself is like a sword that pierces, that cuts, that reveals. That's a great metaphor. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about what that means next episode. But that's exactly the way that Jesus introduces himself to the church at Pergamos. Where was Pergamos? What, what was Pergamos? Why did Jesus say the things he said to Pergamos? You're going to have to tune in again next time and we'll talk all about it. Hey, my friends, I appreciate you listening day by day. Hope you have a great day today in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.